Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, in Payne County, Oklahoma, I'm Father Brian O'Brien. You have tuned in for another episode of the radio show and podcast and light of the world. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, Pastors of Payne, uh, I'm here with my co-host, Father Kerry Wakulich of St. John Catholic Student Center. It. You can check him out on the uh, on the World Wide Web. The worldwide CatholicPokes.com and uh, Catholic Pokes everything. Catholic Pokes Twitter, everything. Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Facebook, Facebook. <gasps> oh, web page. Um, we are in a very exciting time of year. Not only is it the summertime here in Payne County, Stillwater, America, uh, where it it's uh, it's, I mean, it's hot. It's getting hot. Uh, but also theologically, it's getting hot because today we celebrate the solemnity of the body and blood of Jesus, also known as Corpus Christi. Like the town. Like the town in Texas, but better and older. Yeah. Before there was Corpus Christi, Texas, there was the solemnity of Corpus Christi. Uh, what's going on with you this summer? What are you doing? What's happening? Lots of weddings. Every week, there we go. Every week, yes. I have a wedding. I love it. Sacraments of holy matrimony. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. We had one this weekend. Had one the previous weekend. Yeah. Had two before that. Ooh. One in New Orleans. One in El Reno. Yeah. That it's just weddings, weddings, it's great. weddings. It's a beautiful time love of the it. year. It, it, it's also just you know you get to see students. And you get like all these events and different pilgrimages. You're seeing the fruit of your labor. Yeah. I'm watching watching students just enjoy relaxing I love and that. going to school and working. We're just kind of getting the stuff fixed. We had a <laughs> we have 26 uh, leaks in our building. There are 26 small that seems, holes. Uh, that seems like, that seems <laughs> that like seems a lot. That seems like a lot, lot. So we've been replacing uh, ceiling tiles for the last month and a half, waiting for it to stop. You know playing. who should do that is the uh, newly married couples. The newly married couples. Yeah, tell me. Because uh, the sacraments of matrimony and holy orders are sacraments of service. That's the way the church clarifies them. So we have the sacraments of initiation, (laughs) baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist. We have the sacraments of healing, which are penance and and, uh, anointing of the sick. And then we have the sacraments of service, which are holy orders, deacons, priests, and bishops, and the sacrament of marriage. So I think those married couples... Need to get put off, on, get off the on. beach, get off the beach, and and uh, and and get on a ladder. Put them, in, put them to work. Yeah. Oh, you're married. Great. Here's some ceiling tiles. Let's go. Jameson and Madeline. Yeah. Dunskis. That guy's like jacked. He when could, he, he can do some ceiling tiles. He's kind of short. So I'll put him on a really tall ladder. A ladder, and he's strong anyway. Okay. So that's exciting. Um, I I have uh, some good news uh, from St. Francis Xavier. We made a new hire. A let me guess, let me guess. Uh, a new hire. You already know. For what? I already know. He's guessing, but he already knows. <laughs> we uh, we are expanding our children's ministry. Uh, so for many many years, we've had uh, one in a wonderful way. Sarah Dorman has been our oh, yeah. religious education director, uh, but has been not as has not been a full time position. Yeah. Well, we're you, making you, we're making that investment. You into, hired Adam into Ross. our kids, and we hired Casey wait, 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 Ross. Wait, wait, wait. Ah, there's so many Rosses. Adam, Abby, Casey, and there's another, and one, there's coming another one coming Enid, in. Enid, Enid, the Ross family is awesome. They've the dad's a deacon. Yep, they're just it's a I saintly met mom, family. She came to mass a couple weeks ago, a couple them. weeks back. 
So we hired Casey Ross, OSU grad. St. John uh, was involved. There. We are. We're very excited. So she's our new children's minister. And where'd she get her degree from? Uh, Oklahoma State University and the University of Notre Dame. Yeah. What's the program that she did? Was that she eight? did that was Echo? Echo is What's like it? a program at Notre Dame like that helps people sort of get in, get into parish ministry. ACE is Alliance for Catholic Education. ACE Echo. helps people get into Catholic schools. What's Echo mean? No idea. Let's make up something. Uh, the this could take a while. The eternal charge Church. for holy occupation. Love it. Done. That's it. So we're very excited, and we welcome Casey. Uh, maybe there's some time when when you're not here, and I'll have Casey on the show. What? That would be a great idea. Yeah. One of these days. But anyway, if you see Casey around town, you welcome her back to Stillwater America. To the Red Dirt Riviera. She is back, and we're and we're very excited. Uh, so today is Corpus Christi, and so we just thought we would just go full tilt theological discussion about the Eucharist. And go. The Eucharist is the source and the summit of the Christian life. Hashtag Vatican II. What does that mean? It is the source, it, meaning it is that from which all th- graces come. Whoa. And it is the summit, meaning it is that to which we are climbing. Yeah. The source and the summit. What did Trent call it? The August sacrament. The most August sacrament. Like the high point of it. I don't use that enough. Go ahead. So Um, so this is, I'm just going to read. I'm going to read for you. This is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, Is that the compendium? It's actually the compendium, which is like the short short version. So I'm just going to read this whole thing. Then this will get us rolling. This is, uh, what is the Eucharist? Here's what we believe. This is what Catholics believe about the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the very sacrifice of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus, which he instituted to perpetuate the sacrifice of the cross throughout the ages until his return in glory. Thus he entrusted to his church this memorial of his death and resurrection. It is a sign of unity, a bond of charity, a paschal banquet in which Christ is consumed the mind is filled with grace what? and a pledge of future glory is given to us. So you're saying that is so amazing. So you're saying it's not just a small piece of round bread so, and some wine to drink. So you're saying there's a chance. So what we're saying is, yes, as, as a Flannery O'Connor once said, if the Eucharist is just a symbol, then to hell with it. Oh my gosh. She said that. Can I say that on the radio? I, well, you just did. Oh my gosh, this could be our first bleeped out moment. Well, if, yeah. If the Eucharist is just a symbol, whoa, then, then to, forget about then, it. Then, then to hell with it. Wow, Flannery O'Connor. That's so we're so dope. this is and this is a um, uh, you know I mean it's 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 been controversial since John chapter six. Oh yeah, they left him. Uh, Jesus, you know, says. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. And people were like, uh, I don't think so. Uh, John 6, 6, 6. six. six. Oh. And they left him and followed him no more. That's right. So it's a, it's a, it's a controversial teaching in that it's, it's, it's difficult to understand. And so I think that's why one of the reasons why the church gives us every year in June, uh, just after the Easter season ends, the, this solemnity of the body and blood of Jesus. 
and we're given. Uh, did you bring lyrics? You brought some lyrics. I did. I brought some lyrics. Oh my gosh! So you have we, to, give, you have to have, beatbox the lyrics. We have for these, these wonderful hymns that I just think that 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 just bring out this this great this great theology. So it's one of the it's one of the ways that Catholicism Catholicism is different from other Christian denominations um, in what it is that we believe about the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, it Precisely. is not just bread and wine. It is not a, just a symbol. Um, it is it is Jesus, the flesh and blood, soul and divinity. It is the risen Lord. Um, so maybe walk walk us through a little bit of the. Uh, of the of these hymns, so tell us what they are. Okay, okay. so there's so, these sort of yeah certain the, songs the hymns, that we sing. Let, let's do a little. I, I thought maybe do a little history lesson first of of Corpus Christi. I love it. My uh, my very experience first experience of Corpus Christi is I took my brother on a pilgrimage to Italy. Uh, we did Italy and Germany one summer, and we ended up at Orvieto on Corpus Christi. Ooh. And like Orvieto is the place of places for Corpus Christi, and so we're, we're there. And I'm like, uh, what's this? Now, mind you, I'm in seminary and like 28 years old, and I had probably never really fully heard of the solemnity of Corpus Christi. Like, you know. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of people I, yeah, haven't. In the seminary, we, we you were gone, so it wasn't there. Then you, there's the school year, and, you know, it's, it's not there. And then, you know, you're, you're a Catholic youth. I was in the military traveling. I never celebrated Corpus Christi. And the first time I got to celebrate it, like, full-blown, full-throttle, all its glory, was Orvieto. And so there's this miracle at Bolzano where this, uh, this priest from Germany is saying the words of consecration, and the host turns to flesh, and it drips blood. And so there's this event that happens. Whoa, at, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, say that again. Orvieto and Bolzano. Yeah, what was the what was the line you just said? Uh, I just think people are gonna like blow past that. The host turned to flesh and started dripping blood. Yeah. Now I've heard that before, but I, every and time I hear and it, it's I'm around like, the Whoa. world. You know, all the Eucharistic miracles. Side point: all the Eucharistic miracles around the world have the same common denominators, which are it's a host, it's intercardial heart muscle, and it all has the same blood type. Look all that up. So o positive. O positive. The universal donor. Ooh. Wow. I didn't I'd forgotten that. Universal. So anyway, uh, so Corpus Christi has its origins back to Belgium. So we just went on this Belgian oh, pilgrimage. Just there, yeah. yeah, and one of the students one day, each kid had a patron saint, and then prior to the pilgrimage, had to tell everybody about their saint. And this girl gets up and starts giving a talk about this girl, this Saint Julian of Mont something or other near Liege, Belgium. And I'm like, who? And she's a 12th cent- uh, 1200s, uh, 13th century saint. 13th century? Yeah, 13th century saint. She lived in the 1200s, early 1200s. And I'm like, I've never heard of this person. And it's like, you got to verify this stuff. So she starts telling us all about this young woman who has these visions and hears the voice of Jesus. And this is, you know, 1203. She's a little orphan kid in near Liege, Belgium, which is in Northeast Belgium on the German uh, um, Holland border. And she is then becomes a nun and all these things. But she, she, she's advised to talk to, and this is the origins of Corpus Christi. She's, 
advised to talk to a priest, a French priest named Jacques Pantelet. All the French priests are named Jacques. Yeah, Jacques something or other. So they're discussing this, and he's a priest, and then he becomes the bishop of Liege, Belgium, and she and him are talking about making Corpus Christi a feast in Belgium. That guy then becomes, do you know who? Pope Urban the Fourth. Really, Pope Urban the Fourth was the Bishop of Liege who knew this sister Julian of Mont something or other. And then at Orvieto, Bolsena in 1263, there's that Eucharistic miracle. And who's by his side is a young man named Father Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas. Wow. Later Saint. Later Saint Thomas Aquinas. So you have this whole like like beautiful event occurring. all All very providential. Yeah. Like so I thought. Corpus Christi was all about Orvieto and Bolsena, that miracle. No, it had, it had originated it in the moving. early 1200s. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. So Corpus Christi means what? It means body of Christ. In? In, I failed Latin twice, so tell in me. In Latin. Well, in Latin. Oh, in Latin. Yeah, is it yeah, say, yeah. Is, does it mean the so same thing So we use the phrase Corpus, yeah, Corpus Christi also is the, sol- the solemnity of the most holy body and blood okay. of Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah, Corpus Christi. So that, that's the name that was given. So this, uh, this young theologian uh, was there with Pope Urban IV, and he, you know, they start the investigation, and he's, uh, Urban IV then instructs Thomas Aquinas to start writing music and poems and an office for this and a liturgy for it. And these hymns. And he and, did it. And, and that's, yeah, he, he took that. I mean, in addition to all his other awesome stuff that he was doing, he uh, he took this. And he, so there's all these great psalms, you know, like the Tantum Ergo Sacramentum. I think even most Catholics don't know the, don't know the Tantum Ergo. O Salutaris Hosti. I think most Catholics don't know that either. Really? Well, when we do, I know when we do like Wednesday night, we have we have adoration, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament on Wednesdays, yeah. And so about so from seven a.m. to seven p.m. So at about six forty-five in the church, we have what we call benediction, where the the people, whoever is there, is are, are physically blessed. I pick up the the monstrance that has the the the, uh, the Blessed Sacrament in it, and literally like bless the people. I'm making this motion, even though we're on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sing, uh, when that starts, we sing the Tantum Ergo. And, and most of the people who are there don't know the Tantum Ergo. Even though they have the words in front of them, the, f- the hymn is not familiar. So that's why I think, I mean, my hope is, everyone listening to this, it's kind of a basic, if you're a Catholic, you should know, you know, you should know the Our Father, you should know the Hail Mary, you should know the Act of Contrition. And then you should the know some of these. And the the glory be, and you should know some of these basic hymns. Give us the. Do you have the lyrics of the Tantum Ergo? No, with you. The the words it begins with the words Tantum Ergo Sacramentum, which is, I mean, to translate it, down in adoration, falling. Tantum Ergo Sacramentum. Now I failed Latin, so don't like call me and be like that was a really terrible translation of Latin. Okay. Guess what? I speak Spanish and English. I failed Latin twice, and I'm an Eastern Catholic, so boom. Okay, but the tantum ergo, sacramentum, down and adoration falling, it, it's, it's this beautiful poem, prayer, hymn, 
to the Trinity. Down in adoration falling, this that what is that the font and source of so grace? So down so this is the uh in English. Down in adoration falling, lo the sacred host we hail. Or lo er, or ancient forms departing, newer rites of grace prevail. Faith for all defects supplying where the feeble senses fail. Ooh. And that's where we get into. I mean, when, when most people come to Mass or come to adoration, you look up at the Eucharist and you say, that looks like... Small piece of round bread. Bread. That doesn't look like Jesus. My favorite hymn of Thomas Aquinas Your is... Your senses de devote. Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore. Mass by these bare shadows... Shape and nothing more. Ooh. See, Lord, at thy sober service, low lies here a heart. Lost, all lost, and wander at the God thou art. Now, that's coming from my memory. I, I don't know it in Latin. I know it in English. And I teach all my students these hymns in English because I think a lot of times we lose know the beautiful translations of words. We know them in Latin or know them in Spanish, but we don't, we don't know what they mean. So at the, at the heart of Corpus Christi is this. This is... Thomas Aquinas. This is the reading for Corpus Christi Sunday out of the priestly office. And Tell us. If you, if you could teach other people uh, about this one line, I'm going to give you one line from Thomas Aquinas. Since it is the will of God's only begotten Son that men should share in his divinity. That's it. That's it? Like, since it is the will of God's only begotten Son that men should share in his divinity. We lose the understanding of what the Christian life is. God wants to share his divinity with us. And he's going to give us food. He's going to give us this food himself, truly body, blood, soul, and divinity, to eat and to drink so that he can share his divinity with us. God, Thomas Aquinas said, God became men so men could become little G's, little God's. Not like gods where you're going to like run a planet or you're going to have all powerful, like, you know, superhuman strength, uh-huh. like oh, fire coming out of your hands, like X-Men characters share in God's very divine life. Yeah. And so how do you share? How does God share his divine life with us? He gives he gives himself to us in the Eucharist. Yeah. And and since amazing, I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a line from uh well, like, give me, give me some a things from John Paul II in the Catechism, because we're taking on God's very divine life. John Paul II says in um, Ecclesia de Eucharistia, he says that only through the Eucharist is it possible to live the heroic virtues of Christian charity. What? Only because it is the source like and summit of the Christian life, right. and all graces flow through it. This is, this is such a beautiful gift. To the point of forgiving one's enemies, love for those who make us suffer, chastity in every age and situation of life, patience in suffering, and when one is shocked by the silence of God in the tragedies of history or of one's own personal existence, you must always be Eucharistic souls in order to be authentic Christians. The Eucharist, the Corpus Christi, the body and blood is how we live our Christian life. And that's the fuel for it. Here's what the uh, compendium of the Catechism says about the fruits of Holy Communion. What does it do? Holy Communion increases our union with Christ and with his church. 
It preserves and renews the life of grace received at baptism and confirmation and makes us grow in love for our neighbor. It strengthens us in charity, wipes away venial sins, yes, and preserves us from mortal sin in the future. So it's, it's, this is the help. Oh, man, who doesn't need that? Yeah, this is the Come help. On. Thomas Aquinas, in, in, in this reading from, That's amazing. from Sunday, Corpus Christi Sunday, is saying, this is what the only begotten Son of God is doing. He wants to make us divine, so he's going to give us himself as food and drink. It's incredible. It's the most beautiful gift. So this is something we have to take in great consideration when we're approaching Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. When we're going to Holy Communion, you know, like what's our disposition? You know, how is our our mind, our heart, our soul, and even our tongue? I love this. Next hymn of Thomas Aquinas. Our tongue preparing to receive Jesus. What's going into our mouths? Mm. He says, Pange lingua gloriosi, corpus mysterium. I can't read Latin. Okay, English translation. I love this. Record, O tongue, the mystery of the glorious body and the precious blood, which for the price of the world, the fruit of the noble womb, the king of nations poured out. Okay, so just Whoa. just this little line. Record, O tongue, the mystery. You know, it's um, we we do this with food, we do this with drink, we do this with um, anything. With like things land on our tongue, and there's a memory that's stored from them. Yeah, sometimes so, good, so sometimes just, bad. I mean, it, it's basic philosophy of the of this of the internal senses and the external senses. You know, you you taste something, and you can immediately resurrect a memory of that event, like you know, coffee or lemonade or even bad food. Um, the taste of the first time you taste a caramel apple, you're like, ah, remember that festival we went to, and there was this caramel apple I got to eat, and it was so delicious. Okay, so our tongue has this memory. Four years ago, I was in Maine, uh-huh. and I ate a lobster BLT, and I think it was the greatest thing I've ever eaten. A lobster BLT? Yeah, it was like a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, but it had lobster in it. So was it a real BLT? Did it have bacon and lobster? Yes. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, my. I find myself thinking about it all the time. Okay, so so there, there's a really great example. Your memory goes back to Maine, to lobster BLT, to all these things of the joyful taste. And so, record, O tongue, the mystery of the glorious body and the precious blood. It, it, that's what's a, a, on your tongue at that moment. And so... the Record, O tongue, the mystery. Now start putting that into your mind. Start putting that into your intellect. Start filling your memories with the events of the reception of Holy Communion. For what purpose? Because what goes into the mind, Thomas will say, what he gets from Aristotle, if it's it's not in the senses, it's never in the mind. If it doesn't come through the senses, it's not in the mind. Like, you, my brother has no sense of smell, so you can't tell him what smoke, t- uh, smoke smells like. You can't tell him what, like, glue or gasoline smells uh-huh. like because he doesn't know those things. Wow. And so our tongue is recording for our mind, our memory, our intellect, and our will, our senses and our passions, our desires for the future, our conversion of life, 
what is currently on it. So, yeah, because if you're receiving, let's say if you're, if you're only able to go to Mass on Sundays, the, 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 the time, I mean, you're receiving communion is only, you know, that's, that's a, a three-second, five, ten-second event. Yeah. But it's meant to drive the rest of your week. That is the, that is the central event of your week, it should be. Yeah. So we already know from Corpus Christi, both uh, from St. Julian of Mont something or other in Liege, Belgium, we know from the Eucharistic miracles what we're receiving, from theology from the early church, what we're receiving. When the host, which, O o salutaris hostiae, O saving Victim. Host, yeah, yeah, victim. Yeah, victim. Uh, host, host doesn't mean small piece of round bread. <laughs> it doesn't mean like tiny little piece of bread. It means victim. O salutaris hostiae. O saving victim. Uh, oh, and, then it, and then the line says, open wide the gates of heaven to us below. So what's going on our tongue, record, O memory, the mystery, now this victim that is on our tongue. Wow. And so at that moment, there should be a great halt in us. And, you know, as we're approaching Holy Communion, whether you receive Holy Communion in the hand or you receive it directly on the tongue, whichever way you're receiving it, that should be an incredible moment of putting the Savior of the world, the saving victim, who opens up heaven to us below, bam, on your tongue. And then your tongue starts recording for you all of the memories of this, all of the beauty of the great sacrament of the holy body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So when someone is receiving communion... What 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 advice what advice would you would you give? Okay, so you're you're at mass, you're on your way up to receive communion. Uh-huh. What what ought a person be doing or thinking? Let me let me give you some options. A socializing with their friends, tapping them on the hey shoulder, guys, how are wet you? willies, wet willies all over the place. Uh, B texting, walking and texting. Ew, what? Uh, C no one does. Ew. C. Uh, Preparing your mind and your heart for yeah, what you're about being to receive. A, yeah, being in a prayerful disposition. D, maybe, maybe on, on lock on, in. Maybe on your knees. Yeah, I mean, that's an option. The church has the option for lock receiving. In. Yeah. You can receive communion on your on the hand or on your tongue. You can see, receive it kneeling or standing. I love yeah. that when they uh, Saint John Chrysostom, fifth fifth century, he when he encouraged people to when they re- receive communion in the hand, uh, his line was, "You make make a throne for your king." Yeah. Okay. You know, so don't be grabbing. Don't be make a throne for your for your king. So there there should there should be that internal uh, disposition yeah. as you prepare to receive. And then what about after you receive? After you receive, go back and start to thank the Lord. Yeah. And, immediate and they, kind of that immediate gratitude of oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm I'm a living, walking, breathing tabernacle. Yeah. That that that's exactly what you are. You are a living, breathing, walking tabernacle at that moment. So don't be going. Yeah, when you go back to your your pew, um, a spirit of recollection. If there if there's a hymn being sung, sing. 
Uh, if you're, if there's not, then then you have that time of of prayer and communion with the Lord. The next thing you shouldn't do is walk out. Oh, geez, no. Because this is this is what you're re- this is what you're receiving. If you're receiving, as we know to be true, what? Since it is the will of God's only begotten Son that men should share in His divinity, He assumed our nature in order that by becoming man, He might make men gods. And he took this flesh and dedicated it to the whole world. And he's given us his flesh and his body and blood, soul and divinity for our divinization, our theification. So is the first thing we do then like making a quick exit to the door? No. You know, there's this line from uh, St. Philip Neri. You know how when you were a Bishop Kelly used to read stuff about St. John Baptist de la Salle? I read stuff about Philip Neri. And he would send altar servers with torches to follow people in the streets ringing bells. Yeah, because they Whoa. were not aware oh, they, of what was in that'll them. That'll make you aware. There's an that'll altar make, server running behind you with a bell and a candle. A torch. Not a, <laughs> a torch, even better. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, a beautiful day, Corpus Christi. Awesome. Yeah, so it's the, the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of our Lord. Um, great. There's lots of opportunities to read about it in the, in the catechism, in the compendium, uh, the writings of St. John Paul II. Just Google the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas. Ooh, Early Church Fathers, Eucharist. Yeah, beautiful. St. Justin Martyr and all those awesome people. Anyway, we're out of time. You have really? tuned in. I know. And Sad a, day. a whole other episode has come and gone, and we hope that you were enlightened, as we certainly were. Good day to you. Good day to my you, My people. Sir. Have a Blessings. great day, Payne County. God bless. God bless.